we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we are here. And unfortunately, Alton is not. Yes, that's right. He is roasting under the hot sun of Batu. You know, I, it almost sounds like I'm sneezing, but really I'm not. He's on some alien planet. He's probably staring at the Millennium Falcon, trying to figure out how he can smuggle that home. I wish he would. And uh, drinking some blue milk. Hopefully not out of the udder of some weird sea cow like Luke Skywalker. But if he is, yeah, we'll forgive him. Uh with that said, you know, uh, we've got a special guest on the show tonight. It's also going to be kind of a host, but at the same time, a guest. It's going to be very interesting where we go with this show. But with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Krebs to introduce our guest and to get the show kicked off. Absolutely, everybody. I am so very excited tonight because I have one of my near and dear and best friends in the world. His name is Connor Anderson. Everybody give it up for him. <laughs> I'm that bowing. Was off, man. man. That next time I need the cue. Come yeah, on. That's, <laughs> that's all good. We're gonna be good. clapping, man. We're gonna be. Yeah, that was not planned, and and it shows. Uh, no. So, Connor. Now, now, many of you may not recognize that name right away, but I happen to know that the vast majority of you are consummate nerds, and that makes me very happy because if you've ever been to a little website called YouTube, and you have watched a video called Roll a D6, a parody of the once popular track Like a G6, then you know Connor Anderson. Connor, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great, Krebs. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's good to see you and good to talk to you both. I'm excited. Absolutely. You know, uh, prior to, uh, okay, so Roll a D6 put you on the YouTube map, as it were. I suppose. Uh, yes. In, in fact, I, I, I'm happy to talk to you about this because it's going through its 10th anniversary right now. And uh, it currently has 2.6 million views, which is absolutely the high score amongst this group. Wow. And <laughs> geez. Yeah. So it's got a couple, <laughs> a couple of views. We need to get some, some, some advice. No, no just <laughs> well, uh, uh, advice. Number one, uh, be hilarious. Uh, okay. Yes. So tell us, tell, tell us about like, Roll a D6. How did that come about? What did it take to make it? Where did you go from there? Well, uh, the entire thing was completely an accident. It was all luck. I don't know how it worked. So uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, I was playing a game of D&D with my, my buddy, Zach Smith, whom you have met. Yes, uh, I have. Uh, I believe he was DMing. I forget entirely exactly what was going, but he told me to roll a, roll a D6. And I kind of said, huh like that song that's funny and we laughed about that for like five minutes and then uh, forgot about it for a week and then we were on we, we did a, we went on a road trip to the, the highest point in nebraska which is a thing for some reason and uh on the way it's a there hill. it's a hit it's in the middle of a big field there's not <laughs> much there uh we uh we started talking about it a bit more seriously on that kind of trip and uh within about a month we had written the song, recorded the song, built a bunch of ridiculous D&D costumes and uh, filmed a video and put it on YouTube and then uh, some people watched it. So it was, you know, just a joke that ran wild. And there was, uh, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> there's, I've got no advice. I, I couldn't have done that <laughs> if I tried, like it just happened, no, you know? No. It's great when things, you know, flow that way, that it just comes together, uh, people enjoy it and, you know, 10 years ago, it was kind of 
the upswing of you know the marvel stuff and geekdom so you, you struck at the right time clearly absolutely and people have continued to watch it because it's obviously hilarious now i gotta go watch it now i feel bad that i haven't watched it jeez don't worry about it i haven't watched Reps. it in probably 10 years either so like <laughs> you know, how did i not know about this before this show has been going on for almost 13 years and i've never heard about this till now what the I, heck in my defense i have mentioned it on the show before but only briefly uh and and it like, occurs to me you know we were, what <laughs> We are recording this show. This is not a live stream. I totally should have shown it to you before. I guess I could show it to you now, and then we'll just cut that out. But yeah, we'll just keep going. Don't worry about. It. Yeah, not. To... <laughs> All right. So then, so then you make this video. You made it with your friends. You know, you had Zach, you had Leslie, you had Aaron. Leslie is a very interesting topic uh, that we should probably discuss in all this because there's controversy around Lots. that. Lots but, of controversy. What we'll but? But yeah. first, uh, so you make this video with your friends, your sister is in it, and uh, and then you post it on YouTube. Now, did it did it explode all at once, or was it sort of like a ramping up effect? Uh, if if I remember correctly, which I probably don't, because it was a decade ago, literally, it was um, the it, it got a fair amount of like. Okay, let me think about this logically. When at that point in time. I was doing stuff on YouTube just for fun because that's the only reason you should do YouTube stuff. And on average, we would get like a hundred views a video because I was making it for me and you know, the, the five people that, uh, that knew who I was and know who I am. Um, and so I was expecting that sort of, that sort of response because that's, you know, all you're looking for. But if I remember correctly, I, I posted it on May the 4th because Star Wars day. day. Star Wars Day, yeah. And uh, I went to work. And every now and then, I would just kind of get texts from my buddy Zach, who was kind of watching the views because he had the day off or something. And it, it was like, at one point, he was like, we hit 30,000. And I was like, it's been like four hours. What do you mean we hit 30,000? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we got, I don't know the exact numbers, but it took probably a month or two before we hit a million I think million views. I don't know, something like that. It wasn't immediate, but it was a pretty big spike, and it's been slowly trailing on since then. That was nuts. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. it was nuts. I, I remember uh, uh, Felicia Day tweeted about it. I was like, "This video was great," and Zach sent me that, and I was like, "Now nah, you're making this up now." He's like, "Nope, look here. Here's the picture." Well, now you made it. So uh, <laughs> we, we brought her a, a Roller D6 T-shirt because she was at Denver Comic Con that year. I don't, I don't know if she got it or anything but we tried to get it to her. <laughs> uh that's phenomenal and that's how you know that you've arrived right like felicia day recognizes your D, &D parody right yeah that, that's a pretty good sign I yeah yeah uh in that video you had you had to come up with costuming you had practical uh, effects and makeup effects you also had some digital visual effects and of course all of this is just out of pocket uh based on your own experience and your own knowledge there was no there was no shall we say like professional filmmaking crew involved in any way shape or form at this time if i'm not mistaken you were still attending film school is that correct uh this was even maybe just before film school to be honest with you i don't know uh but yeah this was all just people doing what they liked because they were nerds and i thought it'd be fun you know, all the costumes were designed off of uh, the old Art of Lord of the Rings books that I had and like a lot of, you know, 
I'm dressed like Aragorn. Nobody's complained about that yet, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's just uh, nerds doing what they like doing for fun. You know, no professionals. And then uh, how did you like, like what, what in, in that video, what is the thing that you created that you are most proud of? The thing that I created that I'm most proud of. Uh, I really like, there's this whole bit with this necromancer which is kind of funny because that was all just like shot on a green screen in my parents' basement or something. And everything is just like Google images and miniatures behind them, which is kind of fun. Uh, the there Okay, so there are, I think, three Ents in the video. Th like, there are photo, three Ents? There are three Ents in the video, photoshopped in the background, and almost what? nobody has ever mentioned it. I, I, I've known you this entire yeah. time, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of like hidden visual effects that nobody picks up on or i don't oh think gosh. people comment about or notice I, I don't pay a lot of attention anymore but uh mount everest is in the video which obviously <laughs> we, we didn't film that in anywhere near mount everest so there's like a lot of invisible effects that i am really proud of you know i i think one of the things that impressed me the most and it and it impressed me after you told me the truth of it was you have a dragon in i the forgot video. about the dragon yeah I, I don't know how you could so the dragon in the video <laughs> looks really good. I mean, let's be honest, you know, you were an indie filmmaker. It's obviously a, you know, there's a practical effect kind of thing going on there, but considering that it was like a completely out of pocket type movie, the dragon looks really good. And then you told me the truth and tell us a little bit about the dragon. Tell us about making the dragon. Uh, the dragon, this, this grand dramatic shot of this dragon in this cave, setting everybody on fire. Uh, the dragon is about a, less than a foot long. It's a tiny rubber toy that uh, we bought at like Hobby Lobby or something. And I filmed it in front of a green screen and I just moved it with my hands. And then I cut my hands out of the shot and the fire is a uh, hairspray and a lighter. And uh, <laughs> I green screened everything together and it, it looks surprisingly decent. I had forgotten about the dragon. And I'm kind of embarrassed that I forgot about the dragon. <laughs> yeah, it was, I remember you telling me at the time, you were telling me the details of like what it took to actually make that happen. And it looked so freaking good. In fact, I thought you, I could be wrong, but I thought you said something to the effect of, yeah, it's just a toy and it's not even articulated. Like I had to, I had to rig it in post and animate it. That is also correct. Yeah, it was just a, a standalone toy and, the neck was rubber enough that I could kind of bend the neck to get some motion, but all the like mouth and everything, all the little details are just oh. digital magicry. It magicry? Is... Wizardry. Well, I, I want to go with magicry. 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 Ah, yes. And then, and then that embarrassing moment where George Lucas tries to get a slang term to catch on by saying, that's so wizard, Annie. Uh, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was so wizard, wizard. what you did. Totally um, wizard. Okay, so then, so, and then let's talk about the controversy of Roll a okay. D6. Let's do because it. Because there was plenty of success, which we'll get back to in a moment, but let's talk about the controversy. So, so the, the main character of the video, uh, even though there are multiple characters, we could argue that the main character is your good friend, our friend, our friend. Uh, Leslie. Yes, and, I, I would and, agree. And Leslie is the one like, you know, she's the lead singer and, and it's her voice and everything. Um, but a couple of things happen when true nerds watch the video and one of them is controversy. What's the controversy over Leslie? Uh, what race and class is she playing? Uh, because she says clearly in the lyrics, I'm a wizard. 
but she's clearly not dressed like the wizard, and that is in fact just clever lyrics. So what do you think she is, Krebs? Also, I'd like to point out that this has been, everyone who's ever seen this video, one person has guessed it correctly right off the bat. And that was like three months ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you and I, you and I have talked about this at length in years past, and I'll be honest with you. I think I forgot what the answer is. So I'm going to ask you again. Oh, now see, this is where I'm not a, I'm not a DD aficionado, um, but I want to say, uh, I wanted to say that she's a battle mage, but that I don't know if that's really a thing in D and D. Uh, that is, if it is, it's above my head, especially 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, now she'd probably be an arcane trickster, but... Uh, right, this, this was... Uh, 10 years ago. 4E? Maybe yeah. we were writing off of 4E, I think, well, or was it even 3E? I hope three you, it was probably 3.5. It was probably 3.5. Well, That's the right. books the books in the video are 4th edition. I just then watched the video, so. <laughs> <laughs> While you guys Perfect. are just going on, I'd like, I'm watching this video. Um, uh, it must uh, have been like just when that had, when 40 inches. Probably just that. around 40 yeah. inches. Yeah, just um, so, so wait, are you going to settle the controversy? Because for years, you wouldn't answer. For years, you, oh, would, yeah. not, you would not make this public. Is this uh, on the 10th anniversary? Are you going to tell us the truth? Yeah, I mean, if it, if it makes the nerds stop fighting about it, absolutely. No, if there's like, anything I've learned about the internet, nothing <laughs> will make them stop fighting. Well, no, because uh, apparently you're not supposed to roll a D6 for half the things we did in the video. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah, guys, I know that. <laughs> I mean, I would assume she's either a bard or a sorcerer. Uh, technically, she is just a, a half-elf ranger. Oh, okay. That's it. That's all she is. Who lies? Nothing exciting. She lies. Yeah, nothing exciting at all. She's got a bow, and uh, she's kind of dressed like Legolas, but a, a girl Legolas. Yes. You know, maybe she uh, has a lightning rod. Yeah, yeah, she maybe. lightning from her hands that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Exactly. So, I mean, it's not that hard to think, a, you know, a ranger casting lightning. You know? Yeah, she has yeah, a lightning exactly. Rod, and she has a magical device that makes it happen. When so right. You want to complain about that? Jeez. Yeah, just enjoy the song, guys. <laughs> <laughs> when when she says she's a wizard, she's speaking metaphorically. You're a Actually, wizard, Annie. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, and 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 then after roll a d6, you went down this path of making some other clever parodies, and uh, you made a parody of a wall nation's sale about a thrift store having a sale. That is correct. Uh, it was very, it was a very weird owl move on your part, which I, which is a compliment, by the way. Thank you. Um, but you, you also, I love how you tie your videos together because you slipped in an Easter egg about roll a D six into sale. There are a few of them. There are a few of them. Uh, the main one is that on Leslie's character's name tag, it literally says uh, Ash, and then or Ashley or something, and then Half Elf Ranger. Like that's her, that's her title at the, at the thrift store. <laughs> so you like gave it away in that video. Now, yep. now I've watched the video many times and it's very hard. You, you can't really read the you, name. You badge. literally cannot read the name, badge. <laughs> but no, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really pretty great that you put it it's in there though. That made it's me in very there. happy. Uh, you've, you've seen your magazine in that, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so after Connor, so Connor and I met 
November of 2011. And and so our friendship is also 10 years old. You're right. Uh, uh, just about, just about. Happy anniversary, Krebs. Right back at you. I love you. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> that was the best response. That was the right response. So uh, when you hit your 20th anniversary, I'll know I've known him for 10. Okay, got it. That's right. That's go. right. There you go. So uh, we met November 2011, and we were making uh, a movie with another filmmaker friend of ours. And uh, after, and, and Connor and I hit it off, uh, despite the fact that, like, in our very first conversation. I made a brutal joke at his expense. <laughs> Those are my favorite kinds, though. Those are your favorite kinds. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why we're still like brothers to this day. Uh, he, he did this thing that like makes me so happy. For a while there, every video he made, he found some way to work my likeness into the video just so that I could be a part of it. Because we, we lived far enough apart that I couldn't come and help with almost anything. We had to make special arrangements and special trips to make any sort of videos together. So in order to make sure that I was still a part of the scene, he would find some place to put my face in every one of his videos after we met each other. And it, it's, it's the joy of my life. It's a tradition I keep going today, like to this day. So I, over the last several years, I've been making a lot of like Buster Keaton silent films. Right? <gasps> and, and every title screen, the audio technician is Jay Krebs. And there's oh. no audio, so it's extra funny because <laughs> they're silent. That's, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, so so hang on a second. So I know yeah. I know we, we moved away from Roller D6 for a second, but I want to go back to it because uh, th- there's actually another funny Leslie story, but I might save that for later. I'm not sure. But Roller D6 explodes and it takes off. And then uh, like, like what kind of other things happen on YouTube around Roller D6? What were some of the amazing things or some of the, like, the hilarious things that happened with that video after it became popular? Uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite stories is somebody sent me a message on YouTube or something. It's like, hey, just heard this song. It's great. They're playing it in this club in Brazil. We love it down here. I was like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. So my only logical, the only explanation I can think of is that they like a g6 never got popular in brazil or something and then somebody found this version they thought this is the best one i don't know but that's pretty funny i like that a lot i i, I love that they're <laughs> they're playing roll a d6 in nightclubs in brazil that is yeah. one of my favorite stories yeah and and you know I, i've seen a fair amount of like uh other just uh maybe six months ago somebody on facebook or something was drawing some think this story all the details are totally slipping my mind so this is gonna be totally useless uh what was it somebody on facebook was drawing some DD characters from some it might have been critical role but they were like to the audio of world of d6 and so apparently <laughs> it's found a place in some nerds hearts and I, i'm very glad that i i got to make some people happy for some unknown amount of time so it's well, I mean, that's really cool. The fact, you know, it's 10 years old and it still just seems, I mean, it may not be just as popular, but it still seems popular to live this long. Uh, that people are still finding it. They're still enjoying it and talking about it off and on. And I mean, two, over two and a half million views is no laughing matter. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I got lucky. 
yeah. it was just a, a fun thing that people liked and uh yeah yeah and then people like it felicia day you know saying making a comment about that that's pretty cool you know it's playing in nightclubs in brazil you know hey none, <laughs> none of our shows have been played in a nightclub in brazil of course no one would dance to that, that not sound. of which we are aware <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but no i mean that's that's the cool thing i mean the when you start out you don't expect it to be what it is you know like when i started the podcast it was just hey i'm just gonna do this it was just a minor thing and now here we are almost 13 years later still going strong um and we have a lot of great guests coming in so it's it's the small things like i have this moment of genius i'm gonna do it and what comes whatever what may and you know and then something comes out of it so it's it's really cool uh yeah. you know and you know just watching that for the first time, I admit it, first time. That's uh, fun. <laughs> it actually, as you guys were talking, I'm like, okay, where's the dragon? I, I, I noticed the ants. I noticed Mount, you know, yeah. uh, Mount Everest. Someone had to. And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, and they're really well done considering it was 10 years ago. Uh, the dragon, I'm like, holy crap, that's actually pretty good considering right. what I know it is now. Right, uh, right. Pretty realistic. So for the for the budget you had and for what you used, you did a great job and it was pretty amazing. So it Thank definitely you. is deserves to be around for 10, 20, 40 years. You know, who knows? Maybe, you know, when the, the world, the apocalypse comes, you know, just like the 2012 movie, your role of D six will be one of the popular songs that somehow survives the apocalypse. And, you know, like yep. John Cusack's book. I'm going to tell you right now, if, if Roll of E6 is the only piece of music that survives the apocalypse, the world deserved to end in the first place. <laughs> like, like. Well, there's, there's part of me, there's part, I don't want anyone to disabuse me of this, but I hope that Roll of D6 was played at, at Gary Gygax's wake. I hope that, I hope that made it to that reception party. Yeah, probably not. I, I don't know. I'm going to hold on to it. You can't take that away from me. But, you, you know, we could have Gail on the show and you can ask her yourself. <gasps> That's a great idea. And then maybe right. Connor could come back as a guest host to interview yeah. Gail Gygax. Yeah, sure. no, I, 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 not to throw something out like there, but I do have her contact information, so we could do that. Name drop in and I love it. <laughs> All right, so Tracy introduced me to her at Gen Con one year. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Dungeon crawlers out there. One thing that you should, of which you should be aware. Uh, of course, Daniel, through all of his business uh, interactions, especially with the show, has met a bevy of nerdtastic celebrities. The truth is, under the hood, if you take all three of us, we are connected to some pretty amazing celebrities out there. Many of whom have never been on the show and probably won't be. But hey, we know, hey, we no, know no, some no. people. Never say never. We can make it happen. Yes, so we will occasionally bubble gum and some spit. We can make it happen. Absolutely. So, so then Connor, like, roll a d6 explodes. You make some more video. Where did you go from there? Like, what happened after roll a d6? Uh, well, the first thing that I, my first thought after we made roll a d6 was, I like making parody music videos. Those are very fun, but I'm not going to force anything to happen because I think that. Uh, the funniest stuff you can make is going to happen naturally. And if I said, hey, this is the most popular song this week. Everyone's talking about Nike shoes. We have to write a song about Nike shoes to this Nicki Minaj song. Like all of it, it would have just been garbage, right? 
<laughs> and so as much as I love, you know, I grew up on Weird Al, like parody music is, is my jam as it were. And so I would always kind of be thinking about something. And I, it was probably, it was probably a year between Willity Six and Sale, I would bet. Uh, and then it was probably another year between that and... Was, was it Halo? Next? Maybe Halo was before Sale, even. No, I think, I think Sale was before Halo. By the way, Halo is a parody song, uh, a parody of Beyonce's Halo. But of course, it focuses on <laughs> Xbox's Halo. So, yes. Yeah. Player two has left the game. Uh, Dude, your voice is the best. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really enjoy making funny things like that, but I, I never want to force any of that sort of thing. Sure. So, you know, it's it's been like we made a sequel to Roll of D6 in 2015, 16? Oh! Something like that, like decades, decades, years later, just because I finally was like, oh, this is a song. This is a, this this makes sense as a D&D thing. So, you know, if, if we wanted to, we probably could have done a D&D music video every month and become millionaires but that's not that's not the fun of it well you also did one like skyrim's rock in your world oh yeah yes you did that's, skyrim that's one? one of my favorites that is one of my favorites and uh i managed to recreate the music so faithfully that nobody believes i recorded it all myself and so it kept getting <laughs> taken down so I, I pulled it off of youtube like a year ago because like i'm tired of this but uh yeah that's one of my favorites i spent like three months building tons and tons and tons of skyrim props to a uh, level of detail that is embarrassing and most of it is not on film but like that was very fun that for the record fun. for the record connor is an excellent musician and he really does make all of his own music when he does a parody he crafts all the music himself from scratch of course to match the original but uh it's all his own like reinvention if you will so i i'm sad to hear that you kept getting <laughs> penalized for having music that was too similar but i mean it, it should be protected under parody law anyway so i don't know what the deal is but anyway yeah, that's, auto, it, automatic yeah. algorithms be like that exactly uh, well, and then and then you also made a song about magic the gathering that is true that was uh probably i don't know when that was but that also happened you that know, also happened yeah that one was pretty okay if you guys can't tell, I mean, like, yeah, he and I are like brothers, but I'm also a fan. Um, yeah, you're, you're bringing up things that I haven't thought about in years. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not well, a very good guest host. Well, actually, Connor, you made exactly eight music <laughs> videos, and I can list them all in chronological order. To be precise. Right. To be precise. Uh, all right. So, but you didn't always make videos, or you, didn't, you did not always make music videos. You also made other types of like short films and series uh one specifically that you and i got to work together on yes uh so right after rule of d6 happened i thought hey we're, we've got an audience now i want to make something but i'm like i was saying i'm not just going to crank out a music video so i did something totally different which is exactly what you shouldn't want to do if you want to keep an audience <laughs> but uh you know i i don't care so uh we made this kind of action comedy thing like it's like uh it's called the heroes of reason because when i was writing this uh there was a promotional deal with dr pepper and thor going around and i was looking at a can of soda and i was like it'd be funny if the agency spelled thor that'd be kind of funny 
And so I just dreamt up the Heroes of Reason. But there's basically, you know, agents, globetrotting adventure, comedy. Nobody takes it seriously. It's uh, it was pretty fun. Those are that was that was a pretty fun, that was a pretty fun thing. And uh, was, I finally got you involved in it on the on the last episode, which was which was an absolute. Well, blast but it wasn't the last you. episode. It wasn't the last episode. Not right. really, right? Not but really. Like, the, the series is actually six episodes long. And when Connor made it, he made episodes one and two. And then he and I met and he wanted me to be in episode three, but that was not feasible at the time. So he skipped three and he went to episode four and he numbered it just like that because George Lucas. And he, <laughs> he came up with episodes four, five, and six. And six definitively ends the series. Absolutely. And after episode six we finally had a chance to make the movie together. Mm -hmm. And we, it, it actually resulted in three videos. That is correct. First, we made a promo in the style of Lost. It's the, it, is, it is the best thing I've ever made in my entire <laughs> life and nothing will ever top it. It is start to finish. It is just like a Lost episode. It is hilarious. And, is so and Connor and I are, but we were both lost fans at the at, at that time. And so we knew the tropes and we knew where the jokes could fit. And I admit, I admit to you, it was one of the most genuine, intense things I've ever acted in. And it was, it was all a joke to begin with. It's, it was so great. The, uh, the, the other day I was, I was gathering up my airsoft collection and, and I was putting it away. And I said, where are you getting all these guns, Connor? <laughs> yeah. 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 That was an absolute blast. Uh, and if I remember correctly, we kind of had that idea, like I had talked about it or something. And then we just, between finishing filming for the day and going to Red Robin for dinner in a space of about 45 minutes, we filmed the entire thing. And it was, it was just perfect. It was an awesome gorilla style shoot. Yeah. And it, there was this moment and, and I have to be honest with you guys. Like I, if the video is still available, which I don't think it is, but if it's still available, if you watch it, the video honestly does not do it justice. And I, do, I can't put my finger on why. But at the very end, there's a moment where I lock eyes with Connor and I get in his personal space. Don't worry, we're not making out. But I deliver the final line. And there was this moment of true intensity between us. And when <laughs> we were done with that moment, everyone in the room was like, oh, my gosh. We're acting. Holy cow. Know, yeah, it was we great. That was we had like fun. a real acting moment and for, yeah. am, for, for indie actors, for amateur actors, that's uh, it, it, it reveals yeah. to you why it is that you're not a professional yet. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was all for a dumb joke. It was, it was the best. So we made the lost promo and then we made the episode, mm -hmm. but then after the episode, like during the episode, we, if you can't tell, like we have lots of fun around each other anyway. And so of oh, course, in between takes, we're always cracking wise and there was this joke. I play this. I play this physicist, a theoretical physicist, who, yeah. uh, who a fringe, yeah. fringe physicist. Yeah. He's a physicist theoretically. Theoretically, he's that. Whether or not he's real is still theoretical. No, um, yeah. <laughs> but he's he he dons like a, a prudish, obviously fake accent. That's on purpose, by the way. And uh, he is extremely eccentric in the way that he sees the world. So he's always like on the on the line of genius and insanity. That whole thing, right? Uh, but the whole time during the shoot, if I said or did something out of place or like if I made a joke at someone's expense or something like that, I'd be like, it's okay. I'm a physicist. And that just became <laughs> like this run on joke. But then yeah. Connor got struck 
with genius yet again. And what became, what, what happened after that? Well, I, I took a bunch of lines of dialogue of you saying things and dancing around like a fool on set, and I cut it all together and remixed it into a little hip-hop tune. And uh, he made a new song. I made a whole new song out of it, and it's pretty hilarious. That one might still be on YouTube. That one is still on YouTube. Excellent. I know this because uh, when I used to be a, a, a computer science instructor, I would have student after student say, hey, we saw this video that you're in. And my first reaction <laughs> is always, I'm so sorry. Um, but they freaking love it. And for a while there, I'm a physicist. If you search that for a while there, our music video was first. I'm just now looking it up on YouTube again, and it's no longer anywhere close to first, but for a while there. Out. <laughs> yeah. Did you take it down? I don't think, did I? I don't think I did. I don't know if you did. I don't but know anywho, if I did Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but the point is, like, it is actually a pretty darn funny song. Um, I don't know if you knew this. I tried reaching out to you when this happened because this 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 is a while ago now. But uh, there was uh, a stream girl on Twitch. I can't remember her name right now, but she has these shows where she allows her fans to shoot her like YouTube video links for videos that they like or things that are funny, and she doesn't really like like they understand the rules you can't send certain things or she'll get in trouble or whatever right but right. but they would send her links and stuff one of my students sent her that link and then sent me the link to the stream when it happened and uh and we watched it and at first she was like oh this is interesting and then the bass dropped and she was like <laughs> and she was like all dancing to it and she was like super in she super was into that video it was great it was that's great. hilarious that is that is fantastic i uh that's great <laughs> so okay so but then but then life happens mm -hmm. and your filmmaking kind of like rapidly no, no no actually before your filmmaking tapers off there was one more thing that happened that was really amazing and that was day zero. Oh yeah 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 love made, day zero i made some zombie films uh made a couple of zombie films um and again those are just you know people doing things for fun because they love them. And uh, we did some stuff in a zombie film that I'd always wanted to do. We pulled, we pulled Leslie out of a window and tore her guts out on camera. It was pretty great. Uh, it was a nice kind of cliche zombie film, you know, four people in the house and they all die. It was, uh, it was an absolute blast. Spoilers, but yes, Spoilers. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in that one, so one of, the, one of the things that has always impressed me about Connor is his innovation when it comes to visual effects and his editing. He, there's a scene in Day Zero where you have a guy with a hunting rifle and he's running along the spine of a rooftop and then he like jumps down. I did not know until you told me that that was not practical. Yeah, uh, it was... It was a. Uh, it's called magic cribs. Yes, it uh, is. Spoil it for everyone. Yeah, so that was a combination of a lot of tricks, but it was pretty much all digital. Like he never jumped off the roof. Obviously, I mean, I I tried to talk Zach into doing that, but he wasn't on board. <laughs> well, the thing is, I wouldn't put it past you. Like I absolutely believe he yeah. he would have done it, and you would have filmed it. I we absolutely would have done that, uh, but uh, the people who owned the house weren't filled with the idea. <laughs> so. We didn't do that. So we built a, a full-size dummy of him and did some digital trickery where he leaves the roof and then it becomes the dummy in post. And uh, it, it, it works way better than it should have. I'll tell you right now, it shouldn't look as good as it does, but 
got lucky. You can hide anything in motion blur for all those that, visual effects artists out there. That motion is apparently blur is your true. friend. Yeah. <laughs> motion blur is your friend. All right. So, but then, but then time uh -huh. goes on and filmmaking kind of comes to a halt and life takes, you know, changes and turns the way that it does. So what are you doing now? Like, where are you in, in today's world? Uh, I'm, I'm in Oregon, um, which is, which is a new, <laughs> new development. Um, so I, you know, as, as, as life does, it gets busy and, uh, it's hard to talk all of your friends into getting together to make a feature film when they're all married and have kids. So, you know, uh, filmmaking slowed down a bit, but I, I kind of just by this weird random happenstance, uh, ended up running a Bigfoot museum in Oregon. So that's, uh, that's what I do now, <laughs> <laughs> which is a plot twist, but I'll, I'll take it. And what do you love most about being a, uh, I mean, what, what, what would, what's your official title? Are you a Sasquatch hunter? I, I mean, I, mean, I, I would, I would consider it just a, a, I wouldn't say hunter, researcher. I don't know. A guy who likes Bigfoot and likes looking for them in the woods. Uh, the best part about it is it's a great excuse to go hiking. It's a great excuse to go camping with your friends. I've met a lot of really cool people because of this. And uh, it's, you know, one of those things that eight-year-old me never thought I'd get to do. But uh, here I am doing hilariously cool stuff every day, running a Bigfoot museum. So what I'm hearing is we need to do a DCR road trip to Oregon. We do for two things. One, Absolutely. of course, we have to go squatching. Absolutely. But the second thing is Connor has also done uh, ghost hunting. Oh, I, I have also done that. Yes. I, I know uh, people, so we can do that too. Yeah. Uh, one of my, one of the guys I know out here, he's actually a member of the museum. He runs the Portland underground. So mm -hmm. I could probably pull some strings and, and see if I can uh, get us in there one of these evenings or something. That would be like cool. That. that would be really but, cool. Uh, uh, no, I, I yeah. No, that stuff is really, uh, I mean, it's amazing and cool. Uh, in fact, so we could totally write that off because I have a third book that, that's actually focused around Bigfoot that I'll be writing. <laughs> it's research. Hey. It would be research, technically. I mean, yes, it is a middle grade book, but hey, I totally could do this. I support yeah, cool. this 100%. As yeah. do I. You guys get free admission if you want. I'll let you in. I'll tell you all the secrets. <laughs> that's the best part. Yeah. That's no, awesome. I mean, that's actually kind of funny because that was actually the planned monster in the third book. So uh -huh. right sure. now the second book's focusing around Nessie, and then you know the main character travels to go visit his cousin in uh, Oregon or Washington, and they stumble upon Bigfoot. So that's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have any questions about it, let me know and I'll, I'll tell you more than you want to hear about whatever your questions Thanks. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that stuff always has, has really excited me. Uh, I have several books on stuff like that. Uh, you know, just besides Bigfoot, the, you know, the water babies at Pyramid Lake uh, in Nevada. Um, oh, man. Just all the weird creatures that, and stories from air, you know, even from Arizona, uh, you know, Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, oh, I mean, Skinwalker! 
there's just yeah. some really interesting unexplained things in our world and yet you know if it wasn't real there's continual sightings it continued to happen over and over and it's not the same type of person uh, yep i, I see the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the plaster footprints you have in the background um you know and it's 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 very interesting because there is quite a bit in this world that we don't know uh, you know there's huge sections of land that no one lives in that things could easily live in absolutely uh, you know the the upper mountains i mean it's not like people are always up there and you know something like a bigfoot would be smart and sentient enough to avoid those you know and there are circ circumstances where you know humanity and they collide and that's where we probably get our sightings but uh there's just it's just really interesting the number of sightings and the type of sightings and the stories and they continue to co come in over and over i mean um yeah remember the guy who writes the books it's david something right? yeah um yeah. missing four one ones yeah yeah and so though it's just interesting you know you have people from just common day every everyday folks to people uh you know some really well-known people that have put these sightings in and they go clear back to the earliest settlements out here even before that yeah yep. and you know and then they talk to the natives and they're long before that and yep. so it's really interesting and it makes you wonder okay you know it, yeah could it be really fake but uh, with the number of people that ask and talk about it i just can't assume that i mean that's like saying Oh, those big giant things up in the sky that make loud noises. Yeah, those aren't real. Uh, you know, yeah, we all know they're airplanes, but you know, they happen enough. We see them enough that you know we have to believe that they're real. Um, so yeah. yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, well, one of the most compelling things about the whole phenomenon is even if you disregard the physical evidence, like the footprints and the video and the photographs and stuff like that, if you just look at the descriptions of the behavior and the appearance they're, they're all consistent yeah. and they have been the entire time and a lot of what is traditionally known as ape behavior is described first in sasquatch accounts from the 1700s before yeah. jane goodall even decided to become an ape researcher like so there's people are seeing a large ape in north america and have been for hundreds and hundreds of years thousands of years probably well and not only that i mean it doesn't they don't walk very ape-like. I mean, it, they, they still have the hunch, but they're still very bipedal where most apes, they at least kind of walk on their front limbs. Absolutely. And, and there's even, there's, okay, I'm going to nerd out on you guys for a second, but you started Please this. do. So, uh, so Sasquatch feet work differently than human feet do because humans have an arched foot, right? We're yeah. made for like running for long distances. Sasquatch feet have what is called a mid-tarsal break, which is where the foot bends at the mid-tarsal joint in the center of the foot, like all the other apes do. That anatomical feature can be seen in the footprint casts dating back to the 1950s, right? And that anatomical feature also exists in other non-human ancestors and other non-human primates. And paleoanthropologists didn't know about that until the 1990s. <laughs> so if these are being faked, these, uh, these, you know, backwoods hillbillies carving wooden feet knew more about paleoanthropology than the paleoanthropologists did 50 yeah. years in advance. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a little weird. 
for me personally, so I consider myself an optimistic, an optimistic skeptic uh, in that, in, in that you, because I think you have also, I mean, in addition to the evidence that you have found or been exposed to, you've probably also come in contact with a number of hoaxes and fakes. Sure. Uh, and, and so I'm in that camp of, I don't think I've ever been presented with hard evidence that would make me a hardcore believer, but I'm open to it. Like I'm open to the idea that it's real and that it's true. And I would love to, if I spent time with you, if I went to the museum, I would probably see the evidence that I need. But of course I'm at a position where I'm gonna hold the skepticism until that happens and that's fine. I do the same thing with the paranormal. I actually full on believe in the paranormal, but most of what people present as paranormal is completely natural phenomenon. Uh, but there, but most is not all. And there are some things that are absolutely paranormal, right? So I'm definitely in that camp of I'm a skeptic, but I'm a believing skeptic. Sure. I mean, you have to be. I'm, I'm one of the, 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 the toughest skeptics I know on the subject. And people are always like, what? You can't be a skeptic. You think they're real. It's like, yeah, but most of what's on the internet is just garbage. That's true. You know, the majority of what people think of as like Sasquatch evidence is, uh, pictures of dark shade in trees pixelated with a red circle around it. Like, yeah, it's probably just a tree, Gary. You're filming a tree. Like, <laughs> Gary? Go home. Freaking uh, Gary. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be really skeptical about all of the stuff. And when it comes no. down to it, the evidence is there that something is leaving footprints at least. Yeah, no, I think skepticism is healthy. You know? Yeah. Because you have to discount what's fake, what's real, to narrow down to real to be able to prove the hardest part is yeah they're not just going to come out and say hey i exist and then walk right. back into the trees uh they're smart enough to, to avoid um you know they're oh i can't there was one story i was reading uh, just a few weeks ago it was really interesting there was a guy that was asleep in his car he, he was driving it was actually up uh oregon area and he, he uh it was, he was recounting the story. It was the late 80s. He was super tired, pulled off to the side of the road, and you know he figured, I'm just going to sleep here. You know, When I wake up, I'll, I'll continue on. Uh, it's better than getting in an accident. And he remembers in the middle of the night, the car shifting, like something hit it. And he, he wakes up, and he turns, and there is something staring at him in the window. Like it's checking on him to make sure he's okay. It never tried to break the, the into the car. It just sat there and looked, and he just held still. And then he felt that it shift again, and he looked over, and there's something on the other side looking in. And he just kind of sat there, and he's like, he never, he, he was a little freaked out, but they never tried anything. He shifted, you know, a little bit, kind of so that he could get a better look at the other side, you know. And then once they saw that, he's like, then they left. And it was just like, they were checking, making sure he was, whatever was in there was okay. And sure. when he moved, he's okay, we're leaving. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. It seems like they're just as curious about us as we are about them, which is probably why we see the sightings. Absolutely. Um, at the same time, there is an amount of, you know, probably skepticism for them where it's like, okay, we're not safe to come out there because they've got guns and who knows what else type of weapons i'm sure they've been shot at and things like that or dogs have been sent after him sure um yeah but it is interesting it is consistent like you said 
every sighting is very much the same. Um, you know, even the other accounts like with water babies and things like that, Nessie, those are all very similar. Everyone, you know, a little bit off, but almost every account is the same. Now, I, I know we're almost out of time here. We've got to wrap up the show and I totally get that, but I would be remiss if I didn't hit on just one more topic. Connor Anderson and I, we absolutely get along like brothers. And there are so many things we share in common, including a love for a rather obscure movie from 1983. The episode for which on this show we aired roughly 10 months ago. Connor, what movie do we jointly love? The classic Tom Hanks film, Big. That's right. Wait, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> By uh, the way, I saw Big in theaters when I was a kid. Really? Yes, That's I fantastic. did. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some crawl, guys. <gasps> yes! <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so how old were you when you saw Crawl for the first time? Me? Yeah. I was probably... 22 and that really surprises me not because i'm wrong I, oh no uh no you were uh, like between 20 and 22 i was gonna say because i think i'd already seen crawl when we met each other yes well even though we didn't talk about it no well okay that's possible but you and i didn't talk about crawl until you visited utah years later until, until much later yeah but it, it must have been just before 21 then because i turned 21 when we met the first time as I recall the story. Back in, uh, back in my day. So yeah, well, I was 20, give or take. Yeah. So th that part surprised me when I found that out because on a scale of zero to 10, how much do you love the movie? Uh, for 15. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And most people I've met who are adults or young adults, when they first see the movie, most of them take it as cheese and hokum and they discount it. But you went the other way. You actually like really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite films. I, I was on some, you know, movie streaming site like Hulu or whatever. And I was on this kick of watching bad sword and sorcery films. I was like, oh, crawl. Never heard of this. This looks silly. I'll watch it. And immediately I was like, I love this movie. And I watched it three times that night. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's so it's perfect. It's now hilarious. And it's fun. I have to ask, have you watched a tour? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, yes, he I has. I have watched Ator. And your thought? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, that was, let's see. So Ator is... Ator is the fighting eagle. That's the one the where... fighting eagle. Where, yeah. like, he's yes. a prophesied savior, and then he ends up, like, in a tribe that's not his, and he falls in love with his adopted sister yes. and before was... he knows before he knows that he's adopted, mind right. you. Right. It was a very awkward movie. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite parts about that film is... The some of the horrible editing like the scenes where he's oh. racing across in the horse and you see guys driving atvs in the background right right uh, yeah uh, the airplane that flies across the sky it's yeah, fantastic they, they missed yeah. some stuff there yeah, yeah. <laughs> ator is is a good quote-unquote move good movie it is in exactly all the opposite ways that kroll is a good movie yeah, right yes. like Kroll, absolutely kroll, yeah, there's none of that stuff hokey pokey yes. uh there's no atvs in the background it's a good yeah. solid story uh yeah. you know i think it would have done well had it it not had the unfortunate release date it had 
Yeah. Yeah. There, there were actually a number of things that happened during production that made it so that if you knew all of the things that happened during that production, you would ask yourself, how did they ever cross the finish line? How was this even possible? And not like in a way, like, like I've seen some movies where I go, how was this made in the sense of like, who would do this to us? Yeah, but, why? <laughs> but Kroll, Kroll was, how was it made in the way that like, you would say, how was that possible that so-and-so survived a tsunami like that, right? Like they did it, they pulled it off and it was, it was near miraculous. Uh, we, we've got to wrap up, but I got to ask you, of, of Kroll, is there a favorite part or a favorite fan theory to which you subscribe? Oh, oh yeah. Let, let's break it up into two questions. What's your, short what's one answer? Of your favorite? Yeah, what, what's one of your favorite things about Kroll? Go. Uh, Liam Neeson's entire character. Uh, <laughs> Anything hello. Liam Neeson. <laughs> Maybe to someone who's very nearsighted. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, the, the dialogue is surprisingly good. The story is fantastic. Okay, my favorite thing about Kroll. I'm a big movie nerd. I've been making movies for a long time. I've been loving movies for longer than I've been making them. I love learning how they're made. There are things in Crawl that I'm still not sure how they did. Like, it's clearly not CG because it's 1983, but big miniatures, maybe. The entire swamp is a set. That's insane. Like, yep. it's, it's such a perfectly designed and built uh, production. It's, it is incredible. All of the sets, that. all the sets, to my knowledge, were built at Pinewood Studios, which is where they filmed uh, 007. That's the 007 soundstage. I, I believe that is correct. Um, I think they were uh, some other movie they were shooting there at the same time. I think. Yeah, there was there was. I think you're uh, right. There was some film going on. In fact, actually, it may have been a James Bond film. It might have it, been. It may have been like Live and Let Die. Um, but anyway, uh, no, 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 it would have been uh, Living Daylights. Is what I'm thinking of. But anyway, uh, okay. So then, what about like you and I? There was one year that you came to visit. You and I were eating sushi at this one place. And then yep. completely unexpectedly, we just started talking about Kroll. And then we started deep diving and it got crazy deep. It got crazy. Yeah. Got, I, to this day, I wish that we had been filming that conversation. Yeah. Because uh, you, you and I have talked about rebooting the movie. You and I have talked about making documentaries about the movie. Mm -hmm. You and I have talked about a lot of things. Uh, is there a theory, one of yours or someone else's, that you find to be your favorite? I mean, I, I like what we were thinking. Like, why is the glaive in the mountain? Oh yeah, go on with that. You know, why why is the glaive up there? Well, maybe maybe the glaive was there because some other hero buried this glaive in the heart of some massive beast eons ago, and uh, that became the mountain. That's kind of rad. It's kind of a cool thing. The beast clearly is an alien, right? Yeah, taking over planets. Uh, there's an entire planet full of beasts then, right? It's like not just this one animal, like this one thing comes from an entire planet full of this species of beast, which yeah. is kind of cool. And if he can transform into anything, is that what he normally looks like? Yeah, like you, and I, <laughs> you and I started talking about that because we knew that the glaive had been on Kroll long enough that mm -hmm. one, Yanir knew it was real, and two, no one else did because it had faded from memory. Right. And that means the ancient one has finally come down from the Granite Mountains because it's time. Well, not as old as all that. Well, uh, we had... <laughs> I, I, 
from a story perspective, it's up high up in the mountains because you know that's high enough if it comes crashing in from outer space where you kind of see it for the first time. It would make sense that it would hit a mountain first before a valley. Um, yeah. Uh... Yeah, but you know, okay, so last time when we talked about crawling the show, uh, I did reveal the fan theory that Yanir and Lissa, the widow of the web, uh, were, Connor and I had talked about, it was possible that Yanir and the widow were the original fulfillers destined to fulfill the prophecy, but then through okay. choices of their own, they failed to complete everything, mm -hmm. right? They, they failed to yep. fulfill the prophecy in its totality. Uh, and thus they were cursed with uh, long life or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But when Connor and I were talking about the glaive and we're like, well, how does it come to crawl? And why is it up in the mountain? And why is it in this lava flow? And then this one idea that we had was maybe anciently there was some creature that had to be destroyed with the glaive. And maybe the person who wielded the glaive may have been Lissa or some, or, or some uh, ancestor to Lissa, the widow of the web. And uh, we, we started referring to that person as the bringer of the mountain. Because the mountain did not exist until they killed this creature who then petrified and became stone. So right. here, here's my, my, oh man, my brain's just over, right? Right, this right. Happens. You start doing this and my, my writing brain starts kicking in. Let's do, do it. it. Do it. You know, be, it seems like they've got some somewhat advanced technology, but at the same time, they don't. So I could totally foresee and see this, you know, because they have the this, prophecy of the beast coming and all everything right that prophecy wouldn't have existed unless one of these creatures has come before yep and maybe yep. they came they wiped out the planet destroyed their technology um you know those two were supposed to be them I, I, we can use that plot line they failed the planet was wiped out they were cursed to have to relive and help because one day another would return um, so that was what they were supposed to do. Meanwhile, she had a child. She sacrificed said child. Beast shows up. They fulfill that. Um, and it was locked away in up in the mountain because, you know, that way no one would find it until the time was ready. Absolutely. And we we haven't even touched on the fact that the Cyclops is also a planet-hopping alien who's hunting down the beast that killed his entire species. Like that's yeah. such a cool thing. <laughs> Connor and I, Connor and I talked about. That. I don't know if it's. I, in my opinion, the Cyclops is less of a, a uh, you know, he didn't get on a spaceship and flew, but probably they have the ability to warp through dimensions. Sure, I, I could buy that. Or Connor and I talked about that. Kind of like the spice worm people from Dune. Yep, yep, the Fremen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Connor and I talked about that when we were going into our deep dive one time. There was this moment, It was the way that this happened was we were talking over food and then we started like thinking about lines in the movie and I don't remember if one of us pulled up the actual script or not, but we started thinking about stuff and then we're like, holy crap, dude, hang on a second. And then we would say something that we'd heard a hundred times and just... Yeah didn't think about and one of them and this was mentioned in last year's episode is that the cyclops uh are from another world 
the Cyclopes are from another world and how they got to crawl is not explained. And, and Connor and I talked about that too. Like, how did they get to crawl? Was it like magic? Was it interdimensional hopping? Did they actually have a spaceship? I don't know. Or maybe they came on the previous beast ship because they were slaves. See, and that's one of the coolest plot points that, that was never in the movie, but it was in the book and it was in the CD liner notes yeah. was that the beast that we're seeing in the movie is not the first beast who tried to conquer Kroll. Yeah. Um, the, the, the beast that came, that came previously was defeated, but the world was not kept safe and the prophecy was not totally fulfilled yeah. and so on and so forth. Right. Uh, we, we don't have any more time to go any deeper than that right now, but I am hoping that for the 38th anniversary, we can do some more deep dives into Kroll because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I love Kroll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I almost think we need to bring Mike Haspel back. No, Mike Haspel was great last year. Yeah, maybe we, we do the three of us, uh, you know, Alton and Mike, and, and do that that show. Uh, but in this, do a deep dive, not of the show, but of the possible history pre, yes. pre the whole thing. and post history after. Because, you know, it's prophesied that their child will rule the universe. Um, so what happens when yeah. the child is born and yeah, because we've seen kind of what happens when the kid has his giant destiny after them. They, you know, sometimes they idolize their dead grandfather's helmet and, and <laughs> crazy and chop their mentor in half. And yeah, yeah, let uh, the past die. Yeah, it if you have to. You, you know what I want to believe, and and it's very interesting here. But I want to believe. You know, Francesca Honest was the widow of the web, but Francesca Honest was also the the um, wife, Lady Jessica of Duke Leto Atreides in yeah. Dune. And there's part of me that wants to tie those stories together where it's like uh, the son to rule the galaxy is actually Paul Atreides. And, you know, like, <laughs> interesting. I, like, I would love to, I would love she to thread killed, those together. But she killed her, her child. So that wouldn't she, have she killed the first one. That's true. But then yeah. she went on to marry the Duke and then, and she wow. was a Bene Gesserit witch. And she was also the widow. She was a seer to begin with. You know, I'd be mean, like, it'd be so cool to thread those things together. And with the new Dune movie coming out this October, it would be so cool to see like a revisitation of the, the world of Kroll. And then like, I don't know, dovetail that somehow into Paul Atreides. I think it'd be really fun in some way. So I've heard a really nasty rumor about the new Dune movie. No. Not a complete movie. What? You mean like it's going to be multi-part? And that they have, because of COVID, they don't have any plans to film the next part. Okay, I hope that's all gossip and nonsense. I really hope it is too, because with the cast they have, you'd think they would do a complete movie, but uh, yeah, there's been a few rumors out there that it's not, it, they, yeah. They, they have the Beast Raban, but they already got rid of Fade, and Fade was an amazing part of the first film, of the yeah. original film, and he's yeah. very important to the story, but they got rid of him and just kept the Beast Raban. Yeah, oh. so I don't know. Oh, what to see, what to see. The beast. Yeah. The beast. All right. Well, we are way over time. You guys have been super patient with us. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Mr. Connor Anderson, Sir Connor Anderson, for joining us here. You can see some of Connor's uh, older but still extremely entertaining videos on YouTube if you go to Sir Connor Anderson as the channel name or to Broken Record Films. Uh, you can also, I highly recommend that after you watch Roll of D6, you should watch a video called The NL. The NL. Uh, it is, I will not tell you what the initials stand for, nope. but if you go to Sir Connor Anderson on YouTube, you can watch both Roll of D6 
and the NL, and you will not be disappointed. Nice. So, folks, uh, yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. So, roll a d6, and we'll catch you next time. And in the absence of Alton, I will tell you, dungeon crawlers, tell your story, whatever it may be. But whatever that story is, remember to be epic and don't suck. And I'm going to go watch Crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the Force will be with you, always.